Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Comedy podcast. Welcome to episode thirty-four of season four of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Paula Winslow was a radio and television actress that was perhaps best known for her role as Bambi's mother in the 1942 animated film Bambi. She also played Mrs. Martha Conklin, the wife of the dictatorial principal, in the radio and television shows Our Miss Brooks. She was also well known for her role as Peg Riley on the radio show The Life of Riley. Some of her other roles in radio were on Big Town, Silver Theater, Broadway's My Beat, and many others. In television, she had guest roles in I Love Lucy, Perry Mason, The Flintstones, and The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. She died in 1996, aged 85. Now sit back and enjoy the May 13, 1945, and November 15, 1947 broadcasts of The Life of Riley, starring Paula Winslow. Riley, Riley, what a pal. He's a man who's understood in Brooklyn or in Hollywood. Riley, Riley, what a guy. So he's still like voters and he's tender as a lamb. The American Meat Institute presents William Bendix in radio's most talked about comedy show, The Life of Riley. On this day, set apart to memorialize VE Day, the American Meat Institute and its member companies who sponsor this program rededicate themselves to their part of the job before us, supplying meat to our fighters in our still-to-be-concluded war with the Japanese. And now, the American Meat Institute brings you The Life of Riley. Like every real American, Chester Riley, California aircraft worker, believes that all people should be free and equal. That goes for every man, woman, child, and mother-in-law. And Riley's not a man to keep his opinions to himself. And so the other day, hearing uproarious laughter in the living room, he went in to investigate. <laughs> oh, that's a scream, Junior. Yeah, it's a killer, isn't it? I heard it at school. <laughs> Really? <laughs> What's going on in here? What's all the hilarious hilarity? Oh, oh, go ahead, Junior. Tell it to Dan. Yeah, Junior, give up. I ain't had a good laugh since last week when my foreman sat down on one of my hot rivets. <laughs> Boy, was his face red. <laughs> well, come on, let's hear it. Oh, okay, Bob. Well, it seems a man went hunting in the woods with his mother-in-law, and suddenly the mother-in-law got lost. So he went home. Well, that night the game warden phoned him and said, Mr. Jones, we found your mother-in-law. She's caught in a bear trap, and there's a bear caught in there, too. What do we do? So, old Jones got sore and said, Just do what any sane man would do. Open the trap and let the poor bear go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dad, don't you get it? You see, Pop, the mother-in-law yeah, you got... You don't have to explain it. I get it. I got a funny bone in my head. 
<laughs> but you're not laughing. How could I laugh? I'm too shocked. So? Fine kids I got. Making fun of the sanctity of motherhood. <laughs> the most sacred thing in life. Next to fatherhood. Bob, it wasn't a mother in the trap. It was a mother-in-law. There's no difference. Take any mother-in-law. Scrape the in-law off of her and what have you got? <laughs> a mother. I'm surprised at you, man. Junior, I can understand. There's very little chance of him becoming a mother-in-law. <laughs> Gee, Daddy, you don't have to scowl at me. I mean, lots of people make fun of mother-in-law. Yeah, rough riffraff. Just remember one thing, Babs. Every mother-in-law was once born a human being. <laughs> uh, okay, Pop, okay. I got a mother-in-law, and I love her. If it wasn't for her, I'd never have met your mother. And if I never met your mother, that would put you kids in a fine fix. <laughs> All right, Dad. Well, don't let it happen again. Right, dear. Oh, oh hello, Dublin. I was just giving your kids a lecture. Yes, I heard you, and they deserved it. Right. You really feel that way about my mother? Well, sure. Hey, you know I'm crazy about my mother-in-law. I always get a, a, a wonderful feeling... When I think of that sweet little old lady 3,000 miles away. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm so glad you feel that way, darling. Now I can tell you. Tell me what? Well, I'm not supposed to, but uh, I got a telegram yesterday from my mother. Yeah? Well, what does the little angel say? Here, I'll read it to yeah. you. Uh, it says, Dear Peg, Doctor says I need immediate vacation. Yes, and the darling deserves one. Where's she going? Oh, let me finish, Riley. Yeah, yeah. We'll arrive Los Angeles Sunday. Los Angeles? Who's she going to visit in Los Angeles? She don't know nobody here except... <laughs> She's coming here. And the rest of the wire says, Don't tell Chester. Want to surprise him. Love, Mother. Pass the salt, Gillis. Here you are, Randy. Okay. Well, what's new? Oh, nothing much, Gillis. Why, Junior was made first string pitcher for the school team. My daughter's joining up to be a nurse's aide. My mother in law is coming to visit us. I got to get a tooth pulled next week. Oh, that's murder. You got my sympathy. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I, I think I'll take gas. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Ain't that going pretty far just to get away from your mother-in-law? I'm talking about taking gas for my tooth. Oh, your tooth, your tooth. What's so terrible about a mother-in-law? Riley, I'll trade you. You give me your toothache, I'll give you my mother-in-law. <laughs> I got nothing against my mother-in-law. Besides, she's only going to stay a very short time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you think. I don't think. I know. I know you don't think. <laughs> Listen, sucker. Once upon a time, my mother-in-law come to visit me for a very short time. She arrived with an overnight bag. Today, she's got two wardrobe trunks, one steamer trunk, three braces, four hat boxes, and a duffel bag. <laughs> 
<laughs> All piled in my garage. Well, what do you do about your car? Car? Yeah. Who sees it? She's always driving it. Well, you'll make it sound pretty bad, Gillis, but that's because you ain't reasonable. If 48 countries can get along in San Francisco, me and my mother-in-law will be okay. If I'm reasonable, she'll be reasonable. Riley, the minute she moves in, your whole life will be changed. You'll stop being a free man. You'll eat what she likes, see the movies she likes, listen to the program she likes. The minute she establishes a beachhead in your house, you'll be living in occupied territory. <laughs> and it'll take more than the Allies to liberate. <laughs> oh, not my mother-in-law. Why, my sweet wife wouldn't let her treat me like that. Oh, she wouldn't. Of course not. That's the whole trouble with you, Gillis. You don't know my wife nearly as well as I do. How's about a, uh, you know? Well, don't see what's not. Hmm. Not bad. Not bad at all. It's the same brand you've been using for 17 years. <laughs> oh, oh, Riley. Uh, please, don't throw your hat on the piano. Well, why not? What's the piano for? Certainly not for a hat, Peg. Well, Peg, if I don't put my hat on a piano, where'll I put it? We sold our floor lamp. <laughs> Did you ever think of hanging it in the closet? Closet? Well, I'll try anything once But uh, why all the fuss? Well, Mother will be here Sunday And you know how she hates a cluttered up house Let's get used to being tidy, hmm? Now, Peg, don't let's... Uh, that's reasonable <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, Riley uh, Not in that closet uh, that's not yours anymore. It ain't? No, I've moved your things. Oh. Oh, you you want me to share the kids' closet, eh? Uh, no, that's too crowded. I took the brooms and mops out of the closet on the back porch. You can use that. <laughs> back porch. Now, listen, Peg, I ain't getting up in the morning and putting my lukewarm body into my ice-cold pants. <laughs> But, Angel, it's only temporary. You do want my mother to have a closet, don't you? Yeah, but... Well, that's reasonable. <laughs> but can I leave my jacket in here for the time being? Oh, why don't you wear it at dinner? Dinner? Are you kidding? I just had it cleaned. <laughs> Won't hurt you to get into the habit. Now, we're having a guest starting Sunday, and it isn't nice manners to come to the table in your shirt, please. She won't say them. I always roll them up. <laughs> please, Riley, for once, okay, do me a... Okay, okay. I ain't gonna let nothing spoil my appetite. That's when we got steak for dinner. Oh, we're not having steak tonight. I'm... I'm saving it for Sunday when Mother gets here. But what are we gonna eat tonight? Veal loaf. We had veal loaf yesterday. I fixed it up and it looks lovely. Then let's take a picture of it. <laughs> now, Riley, please. Okay, dear, okay. I'm a reasonable man. But first, I want to relax. <clears throat> oh, sweet. Riley, please, get off that couch. 
What's wrong? I always lie down here before supper. Yes, I know. And if there's one thing that Mother doesn't like, it's making the living room into a bedroom. Mother doesn't like. Mother doesn't like. Now, who does Now, she... Riley. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I won't lay on the couch. I'll lay down on my bed. All right. Oh, by the way, when Mother gets here, she'll sleep in our room. In our room. Now, wait a minute. Two's company, but your mother is a crowd. <laughs> and you'll have to double up with Junior in his room. Nothing doing. He hikes in his sleep. <laughs> Peg, I won't do it. Now, Riley, be reasonable. Reasonable, reasonable. Don't get excited. I'm not excited. You <laughs> was right. When you open a door to an in-law, you become an outlaw. <laughs> We'll hear more of how Riley handles his oncoming mother-in-law. Meanwhile, this is Ken Niles speaking for me, and with the happiest words I've yet spoken on this program. The great day came on Tuesday. The B.E. day the world has awaited for nearly six long years is written into history at last. Our president has set this first Sunday after B.E. day as a Sunday of Thanksgiving. The American Meat Institute, in place of its regular message at this time, has asked me to give you this special message especially appropriate on this Mother's Day Sunday. Let's give thanks to General Ike Eisenhower and his fighting American boys, to our brave British, Russian, and French allies, to the great victory they have just accomplished. But on this day of thanksgiving over events in Europe, let us turn our eyes and hearts and skills to the West, where America's other war still rages on. Let us remember... Our job is not complete until we mark on the calendar of the world a B.J. Day to go alongside that V.E. Day that stands for victory in Europe. And now back to the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Well, Riley's mother-in-law is en route to Los Angeles and Riley is worried. His troublemaking friend, Jim Gillis, has convinced our hero that a visit from an in-law will mean the end of Riley's happy home life. Poor Riley is so confused that right now he's writing out a telegram, hoping to get his mother-in-law to turn around and go back east. Uh, let's see. I've got to get this telegram right. Mrs. Harriet Turnbull, California Limited, westbound. Dear Peg's mother. <laughs> Bad news. Los Angeles at war with Pomona. <laughs> No, 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 she won't believe that. She's pretty smart. Oh, oh, I got it. Terrific blizzard raging here in California. Also many cases of sunstroke. Big volcano expected. Also flood. Wish you were here, but turned back immediately. Love and kisses from you. What are you doing? Oh, 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 oh Peg. Oh, oh, I didn't know you were in the house. I, I, I was... I was just going to take a walk. Oh, that'll do you good, dear. Um, what you writing? Writing? Uh, I ain't writing. Now, look. You've got a pen in your hand. There's paper all over the floor. If you're not writing, what on earth are you doing? What have I, uh, well, I, uh, I, I, I just got a new blotter from the bank, and I'm testing it. That's what I'm <laughs> testing it. What's that paper you just threw in the waste basket? Uh, paper? Mm-hmm. Let me see it. Peg. Thank you. Oh, Peg! Peg, I smell something burning in the icebox in the kitchen. Oh. Let me read this. Uh, I know you're hiding something from me. 
Dorothy, Mrs. Harriet Turnbull, California Limited West. Uh, why, it's a telegram to Mother, you darling. Uh, well, why, what a lovely thought welcoming her. I should have thought of it. I wish you had. Peg, Peg, give me the paper, will you? No, Peg. let me finish reading well, it. A terrific blizzard here. Sunstroke. Turn back. Oh, oh, right. Well, it don't really mean what it says. It's in code. <laughs> and you are going to send this to my mother. Chester Riley, how could you think of such a thing? It wasn't easy. <laughs> Pretending you liked her. But, Peg... Excuse me, I'm busy. But, but... That Robert Fulton had to invent the telegraph. <laughs> Why don't some guys speak well enough alone? My wife caught me right in the telegram. Was she mad? Mad. I ain't seen Peg so mad since our wedding night when I carried her across the threshold and bumped her head against the transit. <laughs> well, what's your next move, Randy? Right? Oh, nothing, I guess. I'll just have to figure out some way to handle my mother-in-law when she gets here. Oh. Oh, you're going to handle it? Yeah. <laughs> then take my advice. Get yourself a chair and a whip. <laughs> Gee whiz, Gillis what, what, what can I do? Open your mouth and put your foot down <laughs> But her train gets in this afternoon well, She can stay at a hotel, can't she? Let her drive the bellhops crazy I know, but after all, she is Peg's mother Ain't it kind of selfish? Riley, to... I'm telling you this for the sake of your kids and your home You gotta protect your home after all, you take out timeite insurance, don't you? Well, say, I never thought of it that way. You're right, Gillis. I owe it to Peg. It's my duty. Now you're talking. Go home and lay down the law. No more chewing the fat. No more chewing the fat. You're the head of the house. I'm the head of the house. And if her mother comes, you go. Gillis, you're right. For the sake of my family, I'm going right home and lay down the law to Peg. the door just now. Western Union. It's a telegram for you, Mother. Oh, for me? Well, let me see. Who's it from? Why, it's from your grandmother. Well, for heaven's sake. Well, what, what Grandma say? Oh, oh, here, read it. Oh, oh Mother. Oh, what is that? Won't he be surprised? <laughs> surprised isn't the word for it. Oh, well, there's your father now. Oh, None of you and Junior not to say a word about the squire. I want to tell your father myself. I'll go and tell Junior. Peg! Peg! Oh. Oh, here you are. Riley, I've got something to tell you. Okay, but first I've got something to tell you. Peg, the time has come for me to open my mouth. <laughs> I'm through chewing. Riley, I just got another telegram. Peg, from now on, I'm the fat head of the house. <laughs> So, I'm laying down the law about your mother. But, Riley, that's well, not... let me finish, Peg. I got nothing against your mother. I love her and I respect her and 
She's welcome to stay here as long as she wants, providing she goes to a hotel. <laughs> I'll even pay all the bills. Oh, I see. Then Mother can't stay here. Well, for the sake of our home, no. And suppose I object? Well, well, if your mother comes here, I go. Very well. Then I guess you'll have to go. I... Hey, didn't you hear me? I said if your mother comes, I go. I heard you. Well, what are you waiting for? Go. Go on. Go. Go. Okay, I can take a hint. (laughs) I don't have to stay here where I'm not wanted. I'll just pack all my stuff. Fine thing when a man is thrown out of his own house. Gee, I got more stuff than I thought. I can't put all this in my pocket, so maybe I'd better postpone... There's your belief. Uh, thank you. Just put this stuff in here. We, we used the same police on our honeymoon. It's still got the label from the Hotel Hoboken. <laughs> Goodbye, kids. Goodbye? Well, where are you going, Daddy? Your mother will explain. Well, goodbye, Junior. Goodbye, Babs. Goodbye, Peg. Well, goodbye, Junior. (laughs) Oh, I said that. Well, goodbye. This door is stuck. You didn't turn the knob. (laughs) Oh. Well... Goodbye. Mother, why is Daddy going? Don't worry, dear. He'll be back soon enough. I think he needs a little lesson. Did you call Peg? (laughs) No, I didn't call. Oh. Oh, well. Well, goodbye. I'll I'll let you know where to come for my paycheck. Eat it, bird. Go on. Go on, bird. Go home. <laughs> Go on, bird. Be smart. Go home. This, this park is for birds that ain't got no home like me. <laughs> Greetings, Riley. <laughs> huh? Don't you recognize me, Riley? It's Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. <laughs> oh, 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 hello, Digger. I didn't see you. I guess my brain is somewhere else. Pray tell me, Riley, what are you doing here in the path? I've been walking for hours. I'm dead. You are? You should lie down. <laughs> I can't. I, I left home. I got no place to stay. You left home? Yeah. Don't ask me why, but I left. I've been looking for a room all day. No luck. Digby O'Dell never lets a friend down. I'm positive I can dig you up a resting place. (laughs) Don't go to no trouble, Digby. Why, it'll be a pleasure, you big stiff. (laughs) I have it. You can spend the night at my place. Oh, no. Why not? 
Very quiet down there. No snoring. You see, my family's away, so our house is empty. Oh, oh, your house. Oh, oh well, no thanks all the same, Digger. I'll find some place. Digger, did you ever have any mother-in-law trouble? Never, Riley. I'm mad about my mother-in-law. Simply mad. She's charming, cheerful, and chucklesome. I adore my mother-in-law. She's so gay. <laughs> You're lucky, Digger. As a matter of fact, these flowers that I have here are for my mother-in-law to celebrate Mother's Day. Yes. Mother's Day. Today is Mother's Day. I forgot. Digger walking out on Peg was bad enough, but... Doing it on Mother's Day makes it even worse. Come, come, Riley. Control yourself. I'm, I'm going home. I'm going home and apologize. Maybe she won't ever speak to me again. Maybe she'll never even let me in the house, but I won't care as long as she takes me back. Peg. Yes? Peg, I, I just dropped in to say Happy Mother's Day. Oh. Oh, it is Mother's Day, isn't it? Uh, Peg. Peg, I, I was wrong. That Gillis, he, he talked me into it. Peg, you, you ought to know me by this time. I ain't got a mind of my own, so I use anybody. <laughs> Peg. Peg, I, I like your mother. Honest, I do. I, I'll stay in this house as, as long as she lets me. <laughs> well, Dumplin', can, can I come in? <laughs> of course you can. Well, would it be all right if I sort of kissed you? Well, I don't see any harm. Oh, gee, Dumplin', you made a new man out of me. Oh, well, I... I certainly did. Oh, stop it, Riley. Oh, oh gee, you're, you're wonderful to forgive me, darling. Oh, oh, well, now I'd better get down to the station and meet your sweet mom. Oh, so long, wait a minute, Riley. Riley, mother's here already. Her train got in an hour ago. She's here? Yes. Well, where is the little darling? In her room. Oh, mother, Chester, dear. Hello, my darling boy. Hello, sweetheart. <laughs> hey. Hey, you know something? Your mother's getting to look just like my mother. Your mother ain't your mother. She's my mother. Holy smoke, it's my mother. <laughs> Will you stop that gibbering, Riley, and come here and kiss your old mother? Mom. Mom. Gee, Mom. Well, well, gee, you're looking great, Mom. Give me a hug. Oh, oh, you're squashing me, you baby. <laughs> well, why didn't you let us know you were coming, Mom? Oh, but she did, Riley. The telegram we got was by Mother, and it was sent to me, so I thought it was from my mother. But I got another wire this morning from Mother Riley. I tried to tell you, oh, but... Oh, you... well, what's the difference? My mother, your mother-in-law, I love them both. <laughs> gee, Mom... Gee, let me look at you. Ah, oh, yes, sir, you're still beautiful. 
You could pass for my sister. Sister? <laughs> well, I like that. The way you look now, Chester, you could pass for my father. <laughs> <laughs> Same old mom. <laughs> oh, well, the steaks are almost done. We better start dinner. Yeah, come on, Mom. Let's put on a nose bag. Chester, don't say nose bag. Oh, okay, Mom. Chester, yeah. is that your hat on the piano? Uh, yes, Mom. If there's one thing I can't stand, it's a man who clutters up the living room. I don't see the joke, Peg. Then, come on, hurry up, Chester. Wash your hands. We don't want dinner to spoil. I'll be right with you, Mom. Ah, and this for the million things she gave me. Oh, it's only that she's a growing old woman. Chester! Chester Riley! Coming, Mother! <laughs> now that B.E. Day is a fact, it may be natural to ask, how soon will we get more meat? How about that steak? This question is clearly answered in the following official statement just released by the Office of War Information. V.E. Day does not mean a reduction in the Army's meat requirements for 1945 any more than it does a reduction in the Army's overall food requirements. Troops in Europe will get less canned meat rations. They will get more fresh meats, which many combat troops have wanted so much. And no matter how they slice it, they will want and need and get as much meat overall as they did before victory in Europe, if not more. On top of this continued need in Europe, is the obvious fact that stocks in the Pacific, particularly of canned meats and combat rations, must be increased for the intensified war against Japan. The meat industry believes this official statement by Washington authorities should be known to as many people as possible. That is why we broadcast it today. Dumpling, you, you really forgive me for acting the way I did? Oh, of course I do. Gee, you should have slapped me down or something. I acted like a dope. Yes, but you're a sweet dope. Uh, you say the nicest things. <laughs> you, you know, Dumplin'? What, dear? Uh, I don't say this to every woman, but... Someday you're going to make some nice young man a wonderful mother-in-law. The <laughs> <laughs> world is full. No matter what their name, they're working on the bell lines and going to baseball games. Riley, Riley, what a man. Life is merry and so gay. The life of Riley Don't miss The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix as Riley and presented by the American Meat Institute next week at this same time. Next week, Riley tries to straighten out his teenage daughter's love life. Result? Grief for Riley, laughs for us. Don't miss it. William Bendix plays Riley by arrangement with Hal Roach. This program is directed by Don Bernard with music by Lou Kozloff. It's new. It's amazing. It's Prell, P-R-E-L-L. Procter & Gamble's new Radiant Cream Shampoo in the handy tube. <laughs>
Sabe. Well, the shampoo that removes unsightly dandruff in as little as three minutes and leaves hair radiantly clean, radiantly lovely, presents The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Thirteen-year-old Junior Riley is faced with a serious problem for a boy of tender years to act or not to act in his school play. That is the question. And as usual, Riley Sr. has all the answers. But, Pop, I don't want to act in the play. But, Junior, this is the chance of a lifetime. You'll be a hero to the whole school. But I'm scared. The minute you get on that stage, you'll forget all about being scared. Yeah, but all those people out in front... Ignore them. Now, say you'll do it. Now, Riley, I think if Junior feels... Please, Peg, let's be fair. Let's let the boy make up his own mind. I said he's going to act, and that's final. <laughs> yes, but if he's scared... What's he but... got to be scared about? Well, in this play, I... I got to kiss this girl. <laughs> oh, so that's it. She, she's so homely, she frightens you? <laughs> oh, no, she's... Oh, she's beautiful. Let me get this straight. There's, there's this beautiful girl, and you've got to kiss her, and you don't like that? No. Peg, I gotta have a talk with this boy. <laughs> Afraid to kiss a pretty girl. Well, I can understand why he's worried. Well, I wish I had worries like that. <laughs> oh, you do. Uh, Peg, let the boy make up his own mind. Junior, you want to be in the play, don't you? Well, sure. But not if I have to kiss this girl. But that'll only take a second. It's just like a guy I knew once said, it's only the first shock and then your worries are over. <laughs> Was she in a play? Well, no, the electric chair. <laughs> it's the same principle. You'll be in this play. It's a cinch. Oh, it's easy for you to say. You were never in a play. Who wasn't? When I was a kid, I played the lead in our school play. It was one of them old-time shows where everybody was a sir and wore armor. You know, lunch hot at night around the table. <laughs> oh, Riley. Sir Launcelot and the Knights of the Round Table. I, I was in this play, and I was great. I... Hey, it's getting late. I got to shave. You take my advice, Junior. Go in for that play. Maybe it isn't so tough after all. If Pop could do it, I guess I... Oh, of course you can. (laughs) I'll never forget that play. You see, this all happened when your father was about 16. We both went to the same high school in Brooklyn. Oh, he was awful shy then. And I remember one winter afternoon we were walking home from school together. Certainly it's cold, isn't it, Chester? Yeah, it sure is, Miss Parker. Oh, my right hand's just about frozen. It is? Well, I I know how to warm it up for you. Do you mind? Oh, no. I don't mind. (laughs) Oh, Chester, stop blowing on my hand. (laughs) I... Oh, this is better. I got a very hot breath. Besides, I wouldn't think of holding your hand. Oh, Chester, I never saw anybody as shy as you. Why are you so afraid of girls? Who's afraid? I can lick any girl my size. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I go out with millions of girls. Gee, they're always calling me up. They just won't let me alone. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> Honest, it's awful, my social life. Of course, I'd give them all up if you... 
It's cold, ain't it? Well, here's my house. Goodbye, Chester. Oh, wait, Miss Parker. Uh, 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 Peggy. Yes, Chester? Uh, 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 you doing anything Saturday night? Why, no, not a thing. Well, goodbye. <laughs> well, no, I, I'm not doing a thing. Why? Well, I, I, I was wondering, uh, uh, did you ever see a basketball game? Oh, no, but I'd love to. Well, goodbye. <laughs> well, I, I've always wanted to go to one. Oh, well, 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 is it okay if I buy a ticket for you? Oh, that'd be wonderful. What time will you call for me? You mean it's okay if I go along with you? <laughs> well, then I'll buy two tickets. Oh. <laughs> Chester, you're cute. All right, have it your way. Oh, look, Chester. <laughs> well, there's Hugo Hawkinson. That cake eater. Just because he's got a raccoon coat, he thinks he's a sheik. Greetings and celebrations. How's my gorgeous one and only? Listen, Hawkinson, I ain't your one and only. Well, if it ain't Riley, what are you doing talking to a girl? Okay, you asked for it. Put him up, Hawkinson. Oh, time to live in, huh? Pardon? Oh, now stop it, you two. Why can't you be friends? I got nothing against Riley. And just to prove it, shake, pal. Well... Come on, put it there, Chester. Well, okay, you'll go shake. Oh, his hand bit me. <laughs> you sure fell for that one, stupid. Some gag, huh? Hi, uh, you, you finale hopper. <laughs> oh, Hugo, you and your practical joke. Well, you know me, kid. Anything for a laugh. Hey, listen, Peggy Pie, I got a couple of ducats for the theater Saturday night. Call for you at eight, huh? Oh, that's wonderful, Hugo. I've been dying to see Cecil Tremaine as Sir Lancelot. Oh, I can't go. I, I have to go to the basketball game with Chester. You're going on with him? What'd you do, Peggy? Lose a bet? <laughs> now, see here, Hugo. Peggy, have... if you'd rather go to the theater, I'll take you. Oh, would you, Chester? Go with me. Riley can't buy the kind of seats I got. They're pretty high. Is that so? The seats I buy will be even higher. Third gallery. <laughs> Third gallery. I got orchestra seats. Fucking half a piece. I'll get orchestra seats, too. Well, you don't have to, Chester. You can't afford Don't worry, it. Peggy. I'll show you Hawkinson ain't the only one who can throw away $3 on you. I can be just as big a sucker as he is. <laughs> Program. Oh, my, there's a crowd. They say that Cecil Tremaine is just wonderful. Well, I'd better buy the tickets, Peggy. You wait here. Let me see. Where's my $3? Oh, here. Well, well, well. Hiya, Peggy, my heart. Oh, hello, Hugo. Peter Hawkinson, she's with me. Just saying hello. If you want to say hello, get your own girl. Program, mister? Souvenir program? No, thanks. We don't want no program. Hey, just a minute, boy. Want a program, Peggy? Well, it, it's up to Chester. <laughs> He's too cheap to buy it. He's cheap. I'll show you. Here, boy, give me six of them programs. Uh, yes, sir, 90 cents. Here's a dollar. Keep the change. Oh, shit. We didn't need six of them. Gardenias? Gardenia for the lady. Peggy, you want a gardenia? I'll buy her a gardenia. Here, lady. Gardenia, sir? Make up a bouquet. Yes, sir. Here you are. That'll be 75 cents. Here's a dollar. Keep the change. Well, thank you, Sonny. Gardenia? Oh, Chester, one would have been enough. Ah, what's one gardenia? When I take a girl out, I like her to wear a corset. 
Chester, you, you better get the ticket. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Opera glasses, opera glasses for that. Oh, now, Chester, we don't need opera glasses. We'll be in the orchestra. Well, suppose you want to look up in the balcony. Here, lady, one opera glass. Yes, sir. Twenty-five cents and a dollar deposit. You get seventy-five cents change. Care for some chocolates? Yeah, sure. Give me that big box there, girlie. Yes, sir. Opera glasses, huh. chocolates. Oh, Chester, you're so extravagant. So what? When I take a girl out, I... Curtain going up. Curtain going up. Hey, I've I got to get the tickets. Oh, hurry. I don't want to miss the beginning. Yeah. Hey, hey, mister, two in the orchestra, please. The best. Hey, uh, Sonny, two first row center. You got anything closer? I mean, uh, they're okay. Three dollars and six cents tax. Three oh six. Yeah, I got it right here. Here you are. That covers the tax. How about the three dollars? <laughs> well, that, that's funny. I had it right in this pocket a minute ago. Chester, hurry up. Everybody's going in. Well, what do you say, kid? You want these tickets? Three dollars more. Peggy. I, I, I got a great idea. How about going over to the aquarium? The aquarium? It's very educational. Did you ever see a live herring? <laughs> hey, what's this stalling for, Riley? Broke? Go on, Hawkinson, feed it. No dough for the tickets. Am I right, Diamond Jim? <laughs> you mean I, I can't see the play? But you can, baby. I got two tickets right here. Come on. But, Hugo, I, I came with Chester. Yeah, I'll lose that phony before he tries to pawn your coat. I had enough of this. I'm going to punch your head off. Put him up. Tear up. Oh, come on. I was talking to Peg. <laughs> I mean, okay, put him up, you big wiseacre. Oh, stop it, Chester. Everybody's staring. I'll monopolize him. Oh, hey. must you make a scene? If you can't behave like a gentleman, I'm... Oh, come on, Hugo. Let's go see the play. No, Peggy, wait. Come on, sweetheart. <laughs> she went with him. If I could only get some money for seats, maybe she'd sit with me in the second act. Where can I get some money? Curtain going up. Get your souvenir program. Curtain going up. Get your souvenir programs. Gardenias, chocolates, opera glasses. <laughs> Ah, there, Joseph, me good man. Yeah, Mr. Tremaine? Any messages for me? Uh, no, sir. I was expecting a young damsel, a Miss Lily or something or other. And perhaps she awaits me in the alley. <laughs> good night, Joseph. Good night, Mr. Tremaine. You gave a great performance tonight. Oh, yes, I was splendid. <laughs> Till tomorrow, Joseph. Farewell. Good night. Confounded. Where are they going to put a light into this alley? As black as the graveyard scene in Hamlet. Which I do superbly. <laughs> oh, was that you, Lily, Miss Sweet? So you came after all. Kiss me. But I hardly know you, mister. <laughs> Gad, who is this? It's me. The... Wait, let me strike a match. There. I'm not, Lily. So it would appear from your figure. <laughs> Gosh, you're Cecil Tremaine. Uh, you recognized me. <laughs> oh, sure, you're famous. Boy, I wish Peggy was here to meet you. Peggy? And whom? Uh, how old? Uh, uh, where? Who is Peggy? Well, she's my girl. I mean, she would be my girl if she didn't hate the sight of me. <laughs> Uh, the 
pangs of unrequited love. My heart goes out to you, lad. I too was once spurned by a woman. But did I despair? Did you? Did I beat my breast in frenzied anguish? You're hurting me, mister. <laughs> no, that was the coward's way. I sought solace in the theater. It became my one true love. I worked, I slaved, I suffered for me out. And today, where am I? In an alley. <laughs> I am at the very pinnacle of my fame. And this same woman who once spurned me now throws herself at my feet. Oh, gee, I wish I was a famous actor like you. I bet then Peggy had act different. She would indeed. The fair sex is drawn to us actors, as is the moth to the flame. <laughs> Become an actor, my boy. Revel in the realm of Thespis. Well, I, I... You really think I could be an actor? If you have the urge, lad, pursue it! Oh, I bet she'd be crazy about me. <laughs> Take your place with Barrymore, Sir Henry Irving, and Cecil Tremaine. Get the stage in your blood, become an actor, and give your life to the theater. Oh, gee, you gave me a great idea, Mr. Tremaine. You'll see. I'll do what you say. I'll get me blood on that stage. And when they see me act, they'll give me life. We'll have the second act of the life of Riley in a moment. See, Ken, the whole family favors new Prell, Procter & Gamble's new radiant cream shampoo in the handy tube. Well, of course, Prell's a family hit for two reasons. First, Prell's the word for radiant hair, because Prell leaves hair more radiant than any soap or soap shampoo. Second, Prell removes embarrassing dandruff in as little as three minutes. Examinations by a group of doctors proved it. In case after case, even stubborn dandruff was controlled by only two Prell shampoos a week. And the whole family likes that handy Prell tube. Easy to use, no waste or spill. A little Prell makes mountains of lather. So for hair free of unsightly dandruff, hair radiantly soft and smooth, ask for... P-R-E-L-L Prell shampoo. Leaves hair radiant, gleaming bright. Not a bit of dandruff is in sight. Comes in a tube, handy too. P-R-E-L-L. Buy Prowl Shampoo. And now back to the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Mrs. Riley is telling Junior about Riley's experiences as an actor during his school days. Well, after that talk with Cecil Germain, your father really got the acting bug. But how did Pop get in the play? Well, I'm coming to that. One day at school, your father suggested that the class put on a play. And since he suggested it, the teacher let him be the romantic lead. Pop? The romantic lead? Well, I know it's a little hard to believe. <laughs> After all, your father's not exactly the Gregory Peck type. Oh, gosh, no. He's more the William Bendix type. <laughs> I, I think he's much better looking than William Bendix. <laughs> well, anyway... Teacher let him pick his leading lady, so naturally he picked the prettiest girl in the class. Uh, who's that, Mom? Well, me, of course. <laughs> You're getting more like your father every day. <laughs> well, we were doing the same play that Cecil Tremaine did. You know about Sir Launcelot. Your father rehearsed day and night, especially the love scenes. There was a time when he was rehearsing a particular scene. Ah, Guinevere, my fair one, 
Wouldst that thou art my betrothed? Come to my arms, O loveliest of queens. Let me enfold you so, and I will plant a thousand kisses upon thy ruby lips. Gee, Rover, if I could only do it that way with Peggy. All right, cast, rehearsal. Uh, Chester and Peggy, you start with a line. Ah, Guinevere, my fair. Uh, yes, teacher. <clears throat> ah, Guinevere. Uh, get a little closer together. Uh, uh, yes, teacher. Well, closer, Chester. Yeah. <clears throat> ah, Guinevere, my fair one. Wouldst that thou wert my betrothed. <laughs> no laughing, please. It's betrothed, Chester. Uh, come to my arms, O loveliest of queens. And I will print a thousand rubies on your kisser. <laughs> on your ruby lips. Well, go on, Chester. Kiss her. Hi. 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 Kiss me, Chester. Hi. Oh, I can't. Why not, Chester? Well, she's a girl. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just can't. I see. But I'm afraid it's necessary for the play, Chester. All you have to do is... Uh, oh, will someone in the cast please show Chester how to do this scene? Not you, Miss Richards. All right, you go. Hey, wait, he's only the stage manager. Silence, please. Now, watch carefully what I do, Riley. I put my left arm around Peggy like this. Uh-huh. Oh, you know. <laughs> you see, Riley? Yeah. Then I put my right arm here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then I bend her back like this and I say... I will plant a thousand kisses on your ruby lips. Well, Chester, are you getting it? No, he's getting it. <laughs> curtain, curtain in five minutes. Curtain, five minutes, everybody. Hey, Riley. Hey, why don't you knock before you come in my dressing room? You might have been a girl. <laughs> How do you feel in that suit of armor? Okay. How's the audience? Oh, full house. Whole school's there. You sure you remember your lines, pal? Oh, sure. I'd win a fair That's fine. Uh, now, when you get on stage uh, and your mind goes blank, don't let that bother you. What? And when that spotlight hits you and you get dizzy, don't let that bother you. Okay. And when your knees start buckling and you're just about to faint... How do you feel, pal? <laughs> I want my mother. <laughs> Riley, you can't go on like this. You're sick. Let me go on for you. No, nothing to it. I'm the star. I'm going on. Okay. Only there's dust inside your helmet. Watch out you don't start sneezing. Oh, that'd be terrible. Don't worry. I got something to fix you up. Fine. I'll be right back. Hey, Shorty. Oh, there you are. I was looking for you, Hugo. Got the sneezing powder? Yeah, here. Itchy nose sneezing powder. Yeah, that's it. I better take this label off. Now beat it, Shorty, and if you know what's good for you, keep your mouth shut. Okay, Hugo. <laughs> brother. Hey, Riley, I got the stuff for you. What stuff? To stop you from sneezing. This uh medicine. Uh, it stops sneezing? Oh, guarantee. Sprinkle it inside your helmet. And not now, uh, just before you go on. Oh, oh, you're a pal, Hugo. Now, you better get in the wings and uh good luck to you, kid. Yeah, here I go.
stage, everybody, please. Okay, we're all set. Are you nervous, Peggy? Well, just... Uh, oh, I, I hope you ain't catching a cold. Oh, no, it, it's just this bouquet of goldenrod I have to carry. I'll be all right. Gee, I hope so. Hey, I got just a thing for you. Huh? Well, Jesse, what are you doing? I'm sprinkling this stuff on your flowers. There. Oh, but this you is guaranteed to stop you from sneezing. Here, I'll put some in your dress, too. Oh. It's lucky I had it with me. Okay, I'm opening the curtain, shall I? Arthur Lancelot, let us rest here a while on this crag. As you wish, my dear Guinevere. This is my favorite crag here by the sea. I love to stand and feel the spray on my face. Oh, my. Ah. Ah. I love to stand here and feel the spray on my face. Ah, sir. Ah. Ah. That's enough spray already. Ah, Guinevere, my. 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 Hey, what are you laughing at, you big baboons? What's so funny? Give her a change. Change. You shut up or I'll come down here and... anymore in this suit of armor. I'll lie down on this bench here. Oh, what a mess. Is there a body in here? <laughs> Who's that? It is I, Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. I'm in terrible trouble, Mr. O'Dell. You know the school play? Tonight was the opening night. I know. I wanted to go. But I had to attend another opening. <laughs> I ruined the play. They brought down the curtain and put Hawkinson in my part. Ah, that's the theater for you. Full of heartbreak. As a youth, I paid my way through the Mortician's Academy by acting in stock. But business was so bad, I quit. I just couldn't stand the sight of all those empty boxes. And I thought being in the theater was going to be fun. It can be. Ah, the theater. What memory. Brutus stabbing Caesar. Othello strangling Desdemona. Hamlet poisoning his mother. Ah, there's no business like show business. Hawkinson tricked me into putting sneezing powder all over my girl. Oh, she hates me. Then you must go to her. And do the honest thing. Put the blame on Hawkinson. You really think that's a good idea? Of course. You know me, my boy. I wouldn't take you for a ride. <laughs> Not at a time like this. You're right. I'll go to Peggy. And as for that Hawkinson... Settle his hash, too. You know what I'd do with that cat if I had my way? Why, I'd... Oops, that reminds me I have an appointment. <laughs> well, cheerio. I'd better be... Shoveling off. 
tonight, playing Chester's part on such short notice. Everybody's raving about you. Well, I did it for you, baby. When that big lug Riley ran out on you, I only did what any other gent would have done. Now it's Nick. Oh, now, Hugo! Oh, here you are, Hawkinson. You get away from my girl. Chester Riley, I'm not your girl. Beat it, Iron Head. Like, it ain't my fault. He gave me that powder. He said it was to stop snitching. Ah, he's just trying to squirm out of it. Now, Peg, it's the truth. I wouldn't do a thing like that to you on purpose. I don't believe it. Well, honest, how could I do such a thing? You know how I like you. I don't believe it. But, Peg, it ain't like me. I'm too dumb to think of a trick like that. <laughs> Hugo Hawkinson, did uh, just, you? Just, just a gag, Peg. Uh, on Riley, not you. Well, of all the sneaking, miserable creatures I ever... Hawkinson, you deserve the licking of your life. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, you fresh thing. Oh! How do you like that, Hugo? That'll teach you a lesson. And one more for good measure. Okay, Peggy, you can stop hitting them now. Riley's will be back in just a moment. Prell speaks for itself. That's what the letters say about Prell. Procter & Gamble's radiant cream shampoo in the handy tube. Mrs. Jeanette Berries of Chicago, Illinois, writes... After I used Prell, everyone wanted to know what I'd done to my hair. It was so soft and lovely. Well, I guess seeing is believing, because now all my friends are sold on Prell. Friends, see for yourself how quickly Prell removes unsightly dandruff, leaves hair radiantly lovely. You'll sing about... P-R-E-L-L, Prell Shampoo, leaves hair radiant, gleaming bright. Not a bit of dandruff is in sight. Comes in a tube. Handy, too. P-R-E-L-L, Prell Shampoo. Buy Prell Shampoo. Well, Junior, did you decide to be in that play, like I said? Yes, I'm going to do it, Pop. a boy, Sonny. Why, when I acted in my school play, I had the time of my life. And I was great. Right. Hey, I told you. I was sensational. The minute I opened my mouth on that stage, you know what everybody in the audience said? Gesundheit. <laughs> Peg, you told him. Parker and Gamble invite you to join us again next week to hear the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. William Bendix can currently be seen in the Paramount picture, Where There's Life. The script is by Robert Shep, Alan Lipscott, and Jack Brecker. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow, Bigger Odell is John Brown, and Cecil Tremaine is Hans Conry. The Life of Riley is produced and directed by Irving Brecker. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening.